everyone, and welcome to Kara's Theory. I'm Charles. And I'm Chris. Today we're going to talk about the North Pond Hermit. As many people do, Charles and I need our coffee, especially in the morning. I mean, for me, although Charles would drink it all day. I do drink it all day. Yeah. Well, this Coffee's m- great. It is great. So coffee this- martinis. <laughs> Irish coffee. Those are great too. And you know, your standard cup of joe. Right. So this morning, I had one of the best standard cups of joe that I've had in, well... I don't know, ever. I love my morning coffee, and I've been wanting to kind of step up my coffee game, and Laird Superfoods is helping me do just that. I discovered that Laird Superfoods creamers are crafted from the highest quality, all-natural ingredients. Look, I'm getting a little older, I need to watch what I put in my body, and Laird Superfoods has me covered, especially because there are no artificial flavors, colors, or additives, which I know is what you, Charles, are all about. I like... You know, Laird Superfoods because of all those reasons. Yeah. But I also don't mind chemicals <laughs> because it's what I grew up on. Gotcha. Well, are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code, Cowards Fury at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. And that way, you can have a great day like us. Now that we're all fueled up and I can fully function, let's get on with the case. So today's case... Yeah, top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. Right. Today's case is a little different. Oh, this isn't an Irish case. (laughs) It's not, actually. All right. Today we're going to focus on a man who did commit crimes, albeit not terrible ones. He didn't assault or kill anyone, but he did rob the people of the area of Maine where he operated of a feeling of safety and peace. But before we continue, the vast majority of the information available about today's case comes from articles and a book written by Michael Finkel. I want to be sure to mention that up top because it is otherwise very difficult to learn much about the person behind this case. So it's basically almost a single source of information rather than the sort of multitude of sources that I typically use when researching these topics. Um, Although any source that I do reference, I will make sure that I put in our show notes. That's right. The Finkel. The he Finkel? Was, he was instrumental. He, he was. He really was. So with that, let's hop right in to the North Pond Hermit. First. That, it's an MF. That MF was. That MF or um, oh, MF. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. MF got it done. He MF and got it done. Uh, M- by now, everybody appreciates and understands your sense of humor. Yeah. So it's all good. Okay. All right. So I'm going to set the scene first. All right. North Pond, which is actually the name of this pond, is situated in two townships and two counties in Maine. It's not a pond. It's huge. It actually is. It's, it's, like, it's like the Ozark or something. <laughs> it's 2,200 acres, the pond itself, with a maximum depth being 20 feet. North Pond is a headwater pond in the Belgrade Lake system in Maine. The small town of Smithfield is located on the eastern shore of the pond. It's a really quiet place with a population today of just over $1,000. of just over a thousand people. Wow. Not far from the lake town of Smithfield is Rome, which houses a camp called Pine Tree Camp. Pine Tree Camp offers camping experiences for children and adults with disabilities. So keep these places in your mind because they're germane to the story. Right. And, you know, what really came to Chris's mind is Halloween. Halloween? Mike Myers. 
Oh, yeah. Camp Crystal Lake. His Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, I have a shirt that has that on it. This is not Camp Crystal Lake. Fortunately, it is not Camp Crystal Lake. But all Lake. camps really look alike. Some of them do. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, they, they all have a general, you know, formula that works. Right. Right. There's a body of water. There's a canoe. Or five. There's cabins. cabins. Campfire. There's fires. Usually an American flag. There's trees. Yeah, trees, trees. Yeah, bugs. Yeah. Well, so the, this this camp is very similar. Yeah. So let's kind of hop back in the way back machine to December 7th, 1965. That's the day the Knights welcomed their fifth child, Christopher Thomas Knight. Like the Knights Templar? The Knights, yes. That's, it's spelled with a K, yes. Right. Knight would have four older brothers and one younger sister. All that said... And uh, the family lived in Albion, Maine, which was about 45 minutes from the aforementioned Smithfield. By all accounts, according to Finkel's research, Knight was a smart but quiet kid. He didn't have friends, but he also didn't cause any trouble, and he even graduated early. The whole family really kept to themselves. They were very, very quiet. They lived on a 50-acre plot in a colonial-style home. It would later be reported by Knight himself in interviews with Finkel that they were a family that cared a lot for each other, but weren't the touchy-feely types to outwardly show affection. Knight would tell Finkel, quote, stoicism was expected. This is what these northern Maine families are all about. Yeah. I like it. I wonder if this guy had a mustache. No, not, no. Mm -mm. Other people in Maine have mustaches. Could be. This far north. Could be, yes. It's pretty far north. Knight would recall that he and his dad had gone on moose hunting trips and that he had a nice childhood, like nothing out of the ordinary. He was still like a master criminal, just so everyone knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to get there. Master criminal. Master criminal. He'd never even like slept in a tent outside before or done any of the things that he was going to do for most of his adulthood. After graduating from Lawrence High School early... Knight took an ele- like a nine month electronics course at Sylvania Technical School. MyComputerCareer.com. <laughs> Is that still around? I have no idea. I don't know either. You should Google it. Nope. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> You're like, I'm no, good. I don't have that kind of energy. Yeah. Then uh, he got a job installing security alarms in homes in Waltham, Massachusetts. Asking his brother to co sign for him, Knight purchased a brand new 19. 19- a brat. 1985 Subaru Brat, he did, which he felt like he'd worked really hard to earn. Yeah, man. And I Googled a picture of it. The Brat? Yeah. They're super cool. I knew you'd say that. Yeah, actually, I want one. You, they're, you they're hard to find. You can't, they're, fi- you can't find no, them? No, I actually found one. Of, you looked? Actually, before this, we did this story, yeah. Before you even knew about this story, you looked for a Subaru Yeah, brat. I actually found it on, um, on Bring a Trailer. But like people are weird. They always want too much money there. Like, ah, oh, I That's got this brat. Yeah, and then I and then I found some through some less orthodox channels and I was like, these are looking cool. And I'm like, what am I doing? I already have a car like this. That's well, that's just as awfully awesome. You know my mom had a thing about the thing. Yes. You know the car, the thing? Oh yeah. Is it really a thing? Yeah, the VW thing. Ugh, whatever. Those are cool too. Those are really overpriced too. Anyway. Everything is overpriced today. Right. Right. Anyway, so even with his... Except our love for true crime. There you go. That's free. That's free. So even with his new Subaru brat, Knight felt utterly dissatisfied with life. He always felt awkward around people and preferred the company of 
No one. That's right. Then one day he made a decision. You want to talk about being okay with silence? Just wait. It gets better. Yeah. So one day he made a decision. Maybe not a conscious decision so much as a thought that came from somewhere within that he just didn't want to ignore. Without word to anyone, he left his job in his Subaru and he drove. He drove through his hometown and just kept going. He went until he didn't know where he was and he started getting a little low on gas. He turned down one small road, then down another and another until he found himself on a trail and his gas tank just about on E. So he hopped out of his brat, left the keys in the center console, grabbed his backpack, which had very little in it, and left on foot. He would be completely alone with no plans, no map, not much by way of supplies. This yeah, would- right. And when was this? The summer of 1986. 1986. Yep. So just keep that in mind. Knight would camp in different places. This, this, this totally blows my mind. Yeah. This, it, this whole story. It gets interesting. Yeah. So Knight would camp in different places, never quite finding the right spot, like for a while. Knight began by trying to live off the land, eating what vegetation he could find, and surviving off of roadkill. I call it carrion. Yeah. Well, if memory serves, they were like partridges. Ugh. But it's like ptarmigan. He's in Canada. I mean, he's literally, he's in Canada. He's in Maine. Essentially. He's like in in central Maine. It's fucking, it's in Maine. He's in Canada. It's cold as shit. It's not cold as shit in the summer. It's not. Compared to anywhere else in the, in like the United States. No. It's like, it's like 70. Uh -uh. uh, Okay. What's the high in Maine? I don't know. Look it up. I might. Go ahead. I'm going to look it up. You should. Yes. I will. Anyway, that wasn't going to cut it. He began to start stealing from people's gardens, potatoes and corn and things like that. But he wanted more than just a few different types of vegetables to sustain himself on. So he began stealing from homes and cabins. He said that he only took what was needed and he would kind of rationalize this. Knight would later tell Okay, fine. It's a high of 85, but it's a low of 60. Okay, but I'm just saying it's still summer. Knight would later tell Finkel that it pained him greatly to steal... He knew it was wrong, but he just couldn't stand the idea of being around people again. So he got over his feelings and stole just what he needed, (laughs) including candy, because he really loved candy. One resident would later say that he remembered a Halloween when he was a kid where all of his Halloween candy had gotten stolen, and it was not his sibling that took it. It was much more likely night when he was out for a little nighttime sweet treat hunt. Stole all kids some kids' candy. Oh, yeah? He's just running around stealing shit. That's not cool. Don't take this my guy, kids' Halloween this candy, This guy's out bro. of control. This, this strange fella. Yeah. So for two years, he survived like this. And it, uh, believe me, this is no easy feat. And, and this is, you're 100% right. Maine's winters are no joke. Maine's winter temperatures regularly drop into the low teens to single digits and oftentimes down to 20 below and include heavy snowfall and ice. It's quite something to think of anyone camping out in those conditions for any period of time, let alone how long night was going to eventually be out there. Like, the cold season lasts for 3.7 months. Yes. I I looked this up. From November 16th to March 5th, with an average daily high temperature below 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. That's really cold. It's cold. After two years, however, Knight would finally find the place that he would call home for a very long time. He found a location that was in the middle of a dense forest, shielded by glacial boulder. Glacial's a hard word to say. Glacial boulders. And there's pictures of this. 
There are. And we'll it's, post, I'll post them on it's our Instagram. It's crazy. It's like hidden. It's very it's, hidden. It's, 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 yeah, I, so I can't, I, I can't, we'll get the to, explanation is perfect. Yeah, but you can't, it doesn't even do it justice because like Finkel would actually later be able to go visit the site. He said he was three feet away from the camp and he because of the way it. the boulders were situated, he couldn't see it. Right. So if you were not knowing what you were looking for, even three feet away, you would not have seen his camp. Yes. It's crazy. But the camp had good drainage and it had ponds on either side. It was also close to dozens of summer cabins whose locks and security features Knight would come to know intimately. Recall that he had knowledge of security systems from the job that he'd abandoned, right? Right. This skill would come in handy for the years ahead. For years, Knight would break into a cabin, take meat, take cheese, take sweets usually, or a coat or a pair of pants from an unsuspecting inhabitant. Often doors and windows would be left unlocked, providing easy access for night because it's rural, right? Other times, he had to get a little more creative. He actually would carry around a lock picking set to aid him in his quests should someone actually lock their doors. But he would often lock them back up upon leaving. That's great. That's polite. Yeah. Knight would always do this around 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning when he knew the occupants would not be there. Yeah, he would, like, watch them. He would. He would sort of silently and stealthily watch their behaviors and know when they would be gone for the night. That way, he avoided any potential run-ins with people. Because remember, the whole idea here is to avoid people. He would creep up and down the lakes and river with a borrowed canoe and steal propane canisters for his camp. And I mean, like... He never did fires. So no, he, would he never all, did fires because he, he was, stole a crazy amount of propane. Crazy amount of propane. Crazy amount of propane. He was worried that the fires would give away his camp's location, which it probably would have. When the canisters would become empty, he would bury them in the ground and then just go obtain a fresh one well, with another, you know, borrowed canoe. And, and you think this is a, isn't a big deal until you you'll learn how long we're gonna get there. He lived there. Don't give it away. But he would also like swap them out. Well, he would, he would, people would be like, no, I actually read. He he did, but he did not do that very often. Actually, they found tons of them buried in the ground. Yeah, Yeah, they did. So I think if you, if I had to take a little swag at it when he was in his younger years, he did swap them out because he had a little more energy. Things change over time. Because, you know, waste not, want not, right? So yes, he did swap some of them out, returning Mm -hmm. empty ones to gather full ones, but then he would actually start to bury the empty ones. Yes. But the propane would serve as his heat source for cooking and other essentials that may require warmer water. The winter, however, was a different story. As we've said, it gets really freaking cold in Maine. Knight maintained only a tent, the belongings that he'd stolen, and his ever-cycling tanks of protein. He would later tell uh, Finkel, who asked him if he either had help or stayed in cabins during the cold, like... And Knight got very offended by this. He's like, look, I'm a thief. What I did was wrong. I stole, but I've never lied. And I never, ever stayed indoors, not once. Yeah. I mean, I think there was some speculation that, like, Knight was, I don't know, like had Asperger's or we'll some get cognitive there. processing. Yeah. So, like, he, like it, some of the detectives I was reading were like, I didn't think he could lie. Like, yeah. the, the dude was, yeah, he so was we'll, different. I mean, dude was a hermit living in Maine in the winter. He was different. He was a little different. Yeah. But, and we'll, we'll get there, too. So, 
Uh, yeah, so he's all fired up. He's like, I, I, I didn't, I, I never, I was a thief, but I never stayed in anyone's cabin. Exactly. Exactly. Because, so, like, I mean, I would. He would explain how he survived by saying that he would wake in the middle of the night during the coldest temperatures. He would, like, pace around his little camp because he was also really scared during the wintertime to leave tracks in the snow because he didn't want people to know where his oh, camp was. So is it, how, how big, I forget how big this camp it's was. It's not very big. I mean, the, the entire camp is actually relatively large, but his space where he, like, slept and stuff was right. actually pretty small. I would say maybe the size of a king-size bed plus. It was not big. His camp? Right, where he would do his little living area. Gotcha. So he would just sort of pace around this little area to, like, get his body For temperature years up. on end. And he would say, as long as I had dry socks, because sometimes he would say my feet never warmed up, but dry is more important than warm, is what he would, he would tell Finkel. And he would also turn on his little, so he had a little, like, uh, camping stove that he hooked up to the propane. Right. So he would put water on there, and he'd have the, the tank, the going at a very low temperature to sort of melt the water throughout the night so that he could use that to get warm and actually to bathe and other things. Um, and he said that there were times when he was scared he wasn't going to make it, but he was always able to pull himself back from it. He ate what he could, and he said that there were some winters that were much, much leaner than others where he would run out of both his propane and his food stores. And then he just like wander around Yeah, in his little camp. Yeah, yeah. But even so, even with these explanations, many still don't believe he did this and assume that he did have some type of help or stayed somewhere. But Knight swears he did all of this on his own, save the items that he'd stolen. Knight wanted to be sure that he never set off any alarm bells. Save the items. In other words, with the exception of. Yes. He always uses these fancy words. The word save is not fancy. It's the a formal... aforementioned word. <laughs> Okay, fine, whatever. You don't like the way I talk. I do the best I can. <laughs> so scholarly. So though fourth night, <laughs> hence was sure he never set off alarm bells. Very good. Which so meant so beeth he regularly. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I can't. So in order to, <laughs> I'm sorry. You caught me off guard. When, stop. When alarm bells rang, I can't stop. Okay, small I may have to really like, small intermission. This whole section. Pause. <laughs> a drink break. Hold on. I'm sorry. I totally got the giggles. Good. I'm glad you got a great smile. Tell you. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Right. So again. He didn't want to set off any alarm bells. I'm going to see if I can get through this now. So he regularly bathed and washed his clothes. He even kept clean shaven just in case. As fate would have it. He didn't have anything else to do. Like, he literally had nothing else to do other than steal shit and pace. Maybe. If if I didn't have anything to do, I'd shave twice a day, too. No, you wouldn't. You really wouldn't. I... I would think about shaving. Because, like, your skin would bleed if you shaved twice a day. <laughs> it would be toughened. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. It's called seasoned. Right. So, anyway, he, he actually was right. At one point, he did pass a hiker close enough to speak to. He just kind of went on his way and he said, Hi. That'd be the only person Knight would speak to in his entire years of being in isolation. 
Well, how long was he in isolation? Because he was in self isolation. How long was he in self isolation? We're gonna oh, get we're gonna there. get to there. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. So while save they, that for later. Save that for later. Mm-hmm. So while this may sound a little romantic, stealing is not romantic. When you get robbed, right, it strips you of your feeling of safety and well-being. No one knew who this unseen bandit was or if it would escalate into something more serious, as crime often does, right? And the thievery went on for so long that it took on an almost Bigfoot-like mythical persona. Right. People in the area referred to the perpetrator as the North Pond Hermit, hence today's episode title. But his shenanigans did cause some stress and anxiety among all the people that he stole from. This like, is great. I love this One thing. guy, even he stole from one guy over 50 times. One resident left a note telling the hermit to stop stealing and just tell them what he needed, and they'd leave it out for him. And I uh, also read that, like, another person was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to catch this dude or, the, you know, the thief or, or thieves and, like, stayed up, like, for nights on end. 14, I think. Himself hiding in bushes and, you know, never... Never caught the guy. Because, again, Knight, the the North Pond Hermit, would scope it out. Yeah, he knew who was around. His fear of being around people probably even exceeded his fear of getting caught. Oh, absolutely. It's just, this dude is strange. Yeah. Not want to be around anybody. Yeah. Not strange to him, but strange. Incidentally, he did not respond to the note. (laughs) Go figure. Over the years, Knight was able to keep up with new security system technologies. There weren't that many in the this sort of remote area, but there were a few. So part of the fear that people felt was because it seemed that there was no lock that could keep this mysterious hermit out. So the people just seemed to live with it for a long time. Interestingly, through all of this, Knight's family... Never reported him missing. Well, they didn't know there was a linkage here, to be fair. Does it matter? He was gone. He was he he disappeared, vanished from his job. Well, wanted, they had to recover the car. Like, the brother that co-signed on the car would have to be, the bank would have been like... They did eventually recover the car. I don't think it was right away. Well, fine, in two years. But either way... He was gone how long? Well, it's a big... The I'm reveal's sorry. coming. If my kid is missing, I don't care how old you are, I'm reporting you missing. Right. They never reported they, you missing. They were people with mustaches, maybe the mom too. <laughs> well, the dad was dead, so... Ah, well, they were hardened main, Maynards. Maynards? I don't know. Manians? Man... Manians. Hey, could somebody please email us at cowardsfury at gmail.com and tell us what main people are called? Mainanite? They were rough and tumble manians. Manians. I kind of like it. It's very cute. Anyway, his family just sort of carried on with like without missing a beat. His older brothers would tell their mother that, oh, you know, Christopher's just in Texas or he's in the mountains. Like people from Maine. He's in Texas. <laughs> yeah, f- shit. He's not like, you know, in Florida or anything. Right. Or- He's He's in in Texas, Texas. because it makes sense. Um, And since the family weren't exactly like talkers, they just she just took it at face value. (laughs) They talk about it once a year, right at Christmas time. Yep. And that's about it. He's in Texas. He's he's in the mountains. Mom's like, "Mm mm-hmm. They wouldn't have talked like that because they were from Maine. Yeah, I can't do a Maine accent. I can't do a Maine accent. No one can do a Maine accent. Nope. Unless you're a Mainian, right? Not Romanian. Just Mainian. Yep. So how then? Did the North Pond Hermit eventually get caught? How did he get caught? Do tell, Chris. Simple. Oh. oh. Technology. It's going to catch up with you. Chuck him. Although Knight was clever, stealthy, and cunning, 
someone was determined to get him. The Pine Tree Camp, remember the one we mentioned at the top of the show? Tired of getting robbed. Mm -hmm. They had been one of Knight's victims. They fed this dude all winter forever. No, actually, his favorite time to hit that camp was at the end of the summer because they were packing up everything to leave. It was very chaotic, and he was like, it's harvest time. I'm going to go harvest all the shit they left behind, and he did. So they were his victims many times. During the active months of camp, there's lots of food around, lots of supplies, and of course, there's kids around, and when there's kids around... There's candy, like his favorite thing. So he, that particular summer, he had previously broken into the pine tree camp and absconded with the pantry key, which was used. Absconded. It's a great word. Don't make fun of me for using that word. It is a great word. It's a great it's word. Like anaconda. No, it's not anything like anaconda. It starts with an A. Uh, okay. It's long. All right. <laughs> so he took said key and. Jesus. <laughs> he used it <laughs> to get into the pantry. But what he didn't know was that between the time he'd taken the key and the time that he'd gone back into the pantry, that uh, there had been a motion detector, like a military-grade motion detector installed just behind the ice machine. The motion detector was silent, and Knight had no idea that it was there. So as he was stuffing Smarties, no joke, in his pocket... The motion detector was sending a signal to Sergeant Terry Hughes' home. Hughes was a game warden and was... He ab- sounds like a game warden. Doesn't he, though? Terry it's Terry Hughes. Hughes. He had a flat Sergeant, top. Yeah, he was serious. Dude serious flat top. Yeah. And he was very determined that he was going to catch this hermit. He started getting ripped off. Yeah. I mean... Yes, he was. What the That's hell, it. man? He's like, this is like a camp for people with disabilities. Lay off. So that night at 1.30 a.m. April 4th, 2013, the hermit's luck would run out. Hughes had quickly driven over to the camp once he heard the motion detector signal because he just lived yeah, a half like, mile away. Like he got there for like three minutes. Yeah, dude was, that, yeah. This dude was crazy yep. fired up. He quietly got out of his truck, Terry, went around to the back of the dining hall. Terry Hughes. And there he was, the hermit. Hughes was shocked by what he saw. But he discreetly called the Maine State Police and asked them to notify Trooper Diane Perkins Vance that he had the hermit in his sights. Perkins Vance had also committed herself to finding the hermit. Then, Hughes surprised Knight as he was coming out of the dining hall, like shining the flashlight in his eyes, blah, blah, blah. And he yelled, get down on the ground. No, it's like, no, well, yes, everything you said was accurate. Of course it was. I, I also read that he, um, it's it's a tactical move that law enforcement yeah, they and blind military, you. right? He like, they, they, yes, they blind you and point so the gun like, at you and tell you to get he down. Shine the, the flashlight in his eyes, moving it all around, and then broke out the gun. So, so this is this is again the hermit who's been there a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. So he so he night complies. He gets down on the ground. Like you're like, mm-hmm. 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 gets down on the ground. He he lost his smarties. They fell out of his pocket. When he, was, he got down on the ground, that's sad. Nobody should lose their smarties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was with this first interaction in 27 years that the mystery of the hermit would end. So I gave a little hint because I said 2013, and I'm like, oh, somebody's right. going to do the math. Math is 27 years. 27 years. 27 years. At first, Knight wouldn't speak at all, but Perkins Vance uncovered Because he didn't know how. Well, I he did know how. 
Remember, he said hi to the guy passing in the forest that he passed. He didn't speak well. I'm sure his speech was probably a little... Slow. Anyway, so Uh, Perkins Vance uncuffed him, gave him some water. At first, Knight wouldn't speak. (laughs) Continue. But Perkins Vance unscuffed. Unscuffed. But Perkins Vance uncuffed him <laughs> and gave him some water. <laughs> what kind of accent is that? Quite quickly. Cool. Can I have Once then, okay. he confided in her. Mm-hmm. That? Why? Uh, I'm out. I'm oh, that was it? Yeah. I, I can't even know what I'm doing. That was great. Well. That was on your wince and hence and. I never said any wences and hences. Those are yours. <laughs> it's your aristocratic British speak. I don't speak British speak. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, the trooper uncuffed him. And he said, finally, he didn't want to talk because he was ashamed. So remember I said Hughes was shocked by what he saw in night? It wasn't because he was disheveled or dirty. It was the opposite. If you Google pictures of Knight, you'll see what you might have been picturing in your head. A wild-haired, bearded, gangly man that looks, I don't well, out of sorts, right? Like a really short, grumpy old troll. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Nope. He was neither. He was not. That's not what they found. He was clean-shaven. He was clean. He had on new jeans, good boots, and a Columbia jacket. He had like L.L. Bean jeans on or something. I don't know what it was. Because he ripped them off. He did. They were all stolen Right down to his underwear. Everything he had was stolen. Ew. They were stunned that this was the hermit they'd been searching for for a quarter of a century. I mean, think about it. 27 years. Uh Dude, like, really. And they stumble upon this, like, good-looking, clean-cut guy. That, oh, by the way, scared the shit, like, totally. Scared the shit out of people. Terrorized the shit out of... I mean, he was... a legitimate Bigfoot legend. He was. His capture made national and international headlines. People were in awe and amazed at how the man survived. Locals, on the other hand, were just happy he was finally apprehended. They're like, this has been a long-ass time. Thanks for nabbing him. Perkins Vance would spend a little time with Knight. He finally revealed to her that his name was Christopher Thomas Knight, gave her his date of birth, He told her he had no address, no vehicle, no possessions outside of the ones that were on his person and that were in his camp that he'd called home for so long. She asked him how long he'd been living in that way, which kind of stumped him a little bit. He didn't really keep track of days, weeks, years. He really didn't have any need to. He only needed to know the season's comings and goings, guided by the sun and the stars in his experience. He had to think about a point in time that he could remember before he chose solitude. And this is 2013. Yeah. He told so per- sure, sure, it was 10 years ago, right? It w- yes, this was but, 10 years ago. But it wasn't that long ago. No, 10 years isn't that long. So th- I love what he remembers. So he told Perkins Vance that when Chernobyl happened, that was the year that he left the company of other humans. 27 years had passed since the 20-year-old knight wandered out into the wilderness to become something of a Bigfoot-like presence in the surrounding area. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. In all that time, he'd never once 
Not even once tried to contact his family. Nor did they really look for him. No, they sure didn't. Because they didn't talk. They didn't. He had not used a phone, or even a toilet for that matter, for 27 years. He told the trooper that he strictly moved at night so as to avoid any potential hikers. And, as we said before, he only ran into that one, but that was it. He said he maintained his physical hygiene because that way, if he did run into anyone, they wouldn't think much of a well-groomed man, whereas they might look twice at a crazy hermit-looking guy who didn't bathe. And the strategy worked for almost three decades. I mean, the guy was so terrified to run into anybody. Anybody. He, like, wouldn't leave in the winter for foot tracks. Because, nope. you know, so many people out there. Yeah, Like, nobody's out there, dude. No, because no, it's fucking cold. It's fucking... And it snows every goddamn day. It's going to cover your tracks. Like, bro! He was well-groomed. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Well, anyway, he admitted to stealing... He said he'd probably stolen like 40-ish or so times per year for an approximate total of over a 1,000 times during his time in the woods. That's a lot of stealings. That's a lot. Those sticky fingers, bro. Uh, Five-finger discount. In his case, 10. Maybe some toes. I don't know. Everything on his person when he was captured was stolen, except for one thing. His glasses. They were the same glasses he'd had in high school. He'd come across pairs of glasses and he would try them on to try to see if they were a better fit. He never found a better prescription. So the uh, trooper called him in, had no record, criminal record. He had no record of any type since he disappeared. Perks that, like, and, no, and remember, no one reported him missing, right? No. So, so he literally, like, like, poof. Well, is this guy real? Like, what's yeah. going on? Poof. It's okay. Because, like, Mom's still living. Yeah, 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 she, she is. She just ain't talking. Nope. Perkins Vance transported Knight to the Kennebec County Jail. This was going to be a hard transition for the utterly recluse man. He would be charged with... It's almost as hard to say as rural. It's like the Spido. You know how I love the word rural. I do. Like nuclear. Nuclear. And... Judicial. You can't say the word judicial without sounding drunk. <laughs> it's a rough word. He would be charged with theft and burglary and would await a trial for what must have felt like a fate worse than hell for a man like Knight. During this time, he had a psychological examination, and you're correct, Asperger's syndrome was definitely suggested. So he was very intelligent, just on the autism spectrum disorder. Right, he's... Smart enough not to get caught, for seriously, yeah, for, for 27 smart years. Smart dude. Many news outfits attempted to contact Knight during his incarceration. He refused them all. Except our buddy, the MFer. Yep. They seem to be searching. Hats off Can to I- this guy. Yeah, give me a second. No, I want to give the MFer some prompts. Cool. Thanks. I- thanks, MFer. Yes, thanks, MFer. <laughs> I'm Michael, Michael F- F- Finkler, Finkler. Finkel. Finkel. Mm-hmm. I am showing Michael Finkel respect. Good. That's great. That's why I affectionately call him the MFR. I don't. Okay. I'm not sure he's going to feel that way, but. Well. Now he'll never come on our show. Like, what if I wanted to do like an interview with this guy? I mean, not that he would, because whatever, but I'm just saying you shut the door on that one. Our door's always open to the MFR. It's not our door I'm concerned about. 
You're right. Communication is a two-way street. Yeah. Well, right. You know what? He understands. Okay. I'm sure he will. Anyway, so all of these news outfits, they're like looking for some kind yeah, they of... They couldn't break through. They Well, they were trying to look for like some kind of like self-taught wisdom from the end now infamous hermit. And he's like... There's no story. I'm not going to give you one. That's it. That's, that's it. No. Nope. That's it. He's nope. like he's, he just didn't talk. I bet he didn't even respond. He They're didn't like, to any of them. Hey, hey, can, do you want to do story? He'd be like, mm. he just turned his head. But then one day, your buddy Michael Finkel hand wrote a note tonight, hoping that this maybe would be a better method of communication. Because remember, when the guy went missing and out into the wilderness, there was no internet. There was no. All of this stuff that exists in 2013 is a smart move. Yeah, Good job, Mike. And he turned out to be right. I'm not sure that you could say that Finkel and Knight became friends, but they did become correspondents of a type. Finkel would prove to be the only person Knight would open up to about anything, and the only reason we have the information that we do about Knight. As it turned out, Knight was an avid reader. One of the more common items that he would steal from homes and camps would be books. I imagine that helped him to keep himself occupied, keep his mind sharp. He was, after all, an intelligent man, as we've noted. Just a man who wanted nothing to do with other people. He would tell Finkel that he was, in fact, guilty of stealing over and over and over again. Because they got some trust going on. Well, he was ashamed of that part of his existence, but that was what he chose to do. And do you know what he would say? When he would see him? What? Mike, Mike, Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> he was like, Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. That's what would happen. Yeah. He didn't mess around. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What Mike. day is it, Mike? Come on, Mike. Because he didn't know what day it was. Mike, 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 Mike. Yep. He knew He knew hump day, though. He did. He, I No, he sure didn't. <clears throat> he didn't know any kind of hump at all. No. no. During his letters with Finkel, you actually can sort of start to get a flavor for what Knight have, must have been going through in jail, because jail did not suit him, like not even in the normal way that it doesn't suit people. He stopped shaving, giving you the now famous pictures of him actually looking more like a hermit than he did when he was one. Right. That's so ironic. It is. It's so ironic. Telling He would tell Finkel that the length of his beard was his calendar, his jail calendar. He grew painfully thin and withdrew from others completely because he said that actually gave him more power. His time in jail dragged on as lawyers argued and delays occurred. During this time, he would really start to open up to Finkel. He admitted to snatching some handheld... Listen to this. Okay. This is one of my favorite things because he's like, I hate people. I want to be away from people. Don't know people. He actually admitted to snatching some handheld video games like Dig Dug, I think, and Pac-Man... That's hilarious. And radios, so he could listen to music or talk shows or even television shows on the radio. He didn't have anything else to do. Well, that's true. But for somebody who wants no human contact, like, come on. Anyway, while he... Well, no one said he was like... Yeah, I mean, the way he processed things was different. It was. He didn't want to be around people, but other humans still supplied him with some amount of mental relief and stimulation because he's still human. And of course, he spent time with nature and his surroundings, and he had his own rhythm to match with the seasons. 
He said he would fatten himself up on sugar and booze in the fall to prepare for the winter. That's great. Kind of already alluded to yeah. that. Well, booze was... I didn't a, know about the booze. Yeah, it was kind of a big thing for him. And it was oh. any kind of booze. It was like strawberry daiquiris. Like what, well, weird, whatever he could get his hands on. Whatever he could on. get his hands on. Right. He told Finkel, Finkel, like, that was essential. And by the way, he also liked being inebriated. Who doesn't? All right. I mean, I don't. I don't either. No, yeah, not my it. thing. It's not my thing, whatever. He also told Finkel that there were winters he didn't think he'd make it. He even had a like a whistle that he had taken that he thought if he blew it three times in a row repeatedly that someone would find him. Finkel, so but then he never used it. Like he he was committed. Finkel went to the camp after police had disassembled much of it. He discovered all manners of things, from razors to clocks to obviously propane tanks. The camping cooktop I told you about that he'd had the propane hooked up to. But he had all these like personal hygiene things, but his teeth were completely rotted. Oh, yeah. they hurt so bad. Yes, they did. Oh, my God. And as I said, he he really liked his sweets. Like, he had containers of marshmallow fluff, like, all this stuff. Well, they know because he buried everything. Yeah. Yes, he did. He he literally had his own landfill. Right. So they know what he, They like, know exactly. Easy to go through to his, his life. Yep. And Finkel did. Like, this dude, like, went through this guy's trash. Yeah. So years of eating all of that crap and not taking care of his teeth really took its toll. Knight would also, as I said, try on other people's glasses. And he had, I'm sure, some of them strewn about the place. But he had his original prescription from his teenage years. And as anyone who's gone through any kind of close to middle-agedness knows, your eyes change over time. So essentially, he could hardly see past the like end of his hand if it was outreached. You're like in the forest, in Maine, mm-hmm. and he can't see. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. no, really. That That's it's the thing incredible. That, 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 that's it. This, this, this dude's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty impressive. Well, but bo- so, both, both, uh, you know, Knight and Finkel. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I, they're both pretty impressive. They really are. And so you might think. God, like, what a criminal. 27 years. 27 years. But listen to this. I mean, there's a lot of people that can't rip someone off once without getting caught. I know. So listen to this. So you would think he had very little, right? He was subsisting on just the things that he would take, you know, here and there off a picnic bench or whatever, out of a fridge or whatever. Right. But no, this guy had actually amassed so many belongings that he literally had tubs full of supplies so that he, that he would bury, so that he could bail out of his camp at a moment's notice. So he had bug out spots? He did. Before bug out spots were a thing. He had, yes, he had, had it all close by, but he had bug out totes like totes he's ready to roll let's go baby yeah i mean you could see some of the pictures like you see these people carrying out totes and i'm like well those can't be his totes they were his totes it was almost like an outdoor hoarder's abode if you've ever seen the show hoarders or knew a hoarder this was that he was i mean he was resolute he was he was gonna live in the forest until he died and he stocked himself up so that he could. He had bins that had extra coats, extra sleeping bags, extra everything. He's, he had like a metal bed frame that he ripped off from he did, the camp. Including a box spring and a mattress. Right. Like, well, he stole it all from the camp. He did. He stole it all from the... So. Yeah. The, the special needs camp. Yeah, stop stealing shit from special needs camps. They're, they're cap- handy capable. They're doing... They're capable of, of making it through. I'm just saying... So he, he, hey, he didn't discriminate against who he stole from. He literally did not. He just took from whatever. I mean, yeah. 
clearly he was taking he was taking Smarties. I'm not trying to glorify this guy at all. He, I don't he, I dude, don't want it to come dude's off that way. Taking Halloween candy he from little kids. I know it's not cool. Like the way that this guy subsisted was not cool. During his time in jail, two of his brothers came to see him, and he had told Finkel like he did not recognize them. He would not allow his aging mother to come and visit him because of his shame from stealing. That's right. She was still alive. Yes, yeah, she was. And you know what? That one brother that saw him was like, dude, you screwed me over on that brat, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You owe me $6,500. He's not going to get $6,500. He's eking it out of him. No. Going through them tubs. Well, he, he began to really yeah. deteriorate during his jail time. Oh, yeah. And finally, his day in court would arrive. On October 28th, 2013, Knight pleaded guilty to 13 counts of burglary and theft. So from over 1,000 down to 13. Of course, some statutes of limitations clearly had expired. Right. He was sentenced to seven months in jail with credit for time already served awaiting trial, which he actually had already served except for one week. So he had like one additional week to spend in jail. He was ordered to meet with the judge weekly and to avoid alcohol. He also was ordered to find a job or go to school. He needed to do all of those things or face a potential jail time of seven years. And he did fulfill what he needed to fulfill to move on with his life. When Finkel approached the subject of what Knight had learned about himself, because remember, all these news outlets were like, what wisdom do you bestow upon us, oh great hermit? And I'm just going to read you his statement, okay, as Finkel recorded it. Okay. So this whole next thing is all a big, long quote. I did examine myself. Solitude did increase my perception. But here's the tricky thing. When I applied my increased perception to myself, I lost my identity. With no audience, no one to perform for, I was just there. There was no need to define myself. I became irrelevant. The moon was the minute hand, the seasons, the hour hand. I didn't even have a name. I never felt lonely. To put it romantically, I was completely free. And of the human condition, Knight simply replied, quote, get enough sleep. I like it. <laughs> and just as quietly as Knight's journey to hermithood, I made that up, started, it ended. It is said that he is living a quiet life in rural Maine, my favorite word, with no wish for anyone to ask him about his life as the North Pond Hermit. So while this is not our usual horrible crime case, eh, this one is fascinating. And again, I'll do a final plug for Michael Finkel's book. And there actually is a long article that's a summary of that book on the GQ website. Yeah, I think I think there's a map of the campsite there. There is actually. Um, but another fascinating, fascinating thing that I remember, you know, when, when we were learning about this case was, like, the community was divided. Some people were like, it was like, and it was re- like, it wasn't just like a couple. It was like fifty fifty. It was really close. Like, people were saying like, just just let him be free. Like, he he should be allowed to be free. He can live on my land for free, and and we'll we'll supply him with food. And other people are like, hell no, the dude was stealing from us and terrorized the hell out of our community for like 50 years or yeah. 25 years. So it was it was very split. It was. You know, it wasn't like crazy, 
like people weren't getting all aggressive about it, but people were like, no, like I think the guy's fine or like, nah, he's not. And I do see both aspects. Yeah, I I do too. I really do. Like if I was somebody that had been robbed, like the guy that got ripped off 50 times. Yeah, like I'm losing sleep over it. It's kind of like, come on, bro. Why are you targeting me so hard, right? And theft, you're stealing. You're breaking the the law. Like I I work hard to earn my money. Why do you get to take it? Like I get that perspective, but I also get the perspective of, if this bro wants to live free, he should live free. And I agree he should, but not on other people's dimes. Right. And I think that's the thing for me that gets me. It's like, you want to go live in whatever Can you do that for free in Alaska? You, n- no. I mean, n- no, you I, can't steal from people <laughs> and live for free. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. You, But if you want to go live in whatever habitat you choose, if you are self-sustainable. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that. I mean, in Alaska, the, the Alaskan government... Gives you a stipend to, to live on land. If you can find land, it, there's not a lot of it left. Yeah. There's not. It, yes. The, the, yes. You I, used I mean, to I don't be even able to you go. know this, Chris. I fall into a lot of rabbit holes. Yes. Mm, it's true. I, I won't deny it. That's a story for another day. Anyway, like I was saying, if you want to go choose a habitat, live there. If you can self-sustain or find others to help you self-sustain, have at it. Right on. But don't take from people. So I do wish the very best for Christopher Knight. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's not stealing from people. I think I think he's so scared to go back to jail. He won't touch anybody else's he's gonna, shit. I, I think this dude's going to follow the rules. But he's just going to be quiet. But I think he's drinking. He's probably drinking, but I think he just wants to fade into humanity and just not be seen. So... Mm. Yeah, so again, I did find some details from some other places, but not very many. Whatever I have, I will post in our show notes, as I always do. Um, But as far as I can tell, Finkel was truly legitimately the only person that Knight would speak to. Dude was creative. About any of this. Writing letters to him. Yeah, so... You know, I, you know, good, good job. I'm normally not a single source kind of a person. I really like to have multiple sources because oftentimes stories conflict. Um, but in this case, there's only one or two good stories. There's only like really one story. Yeah, this is there's it. a couple of blurbs from newspaper articles. And but most of the stuff that they got, they got from Finkel. They just didn't recognize like we do. Right. So anyway, thanks for listening. Make sure you share us with all your peeps. We love doing this and we want to keep doing it. And that's pretty much it. Later, Furious followers. Later. <laughs>